what we heard from the secretary was malfeasance and dereliction of duty. Uh, this is appalling. They're messing with the health of our children. Yeah, well, there's elections to win, you know. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's right. I got the feeling that something right. So what if we lose a few I'm kids? I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Donald Trump needs to win. At any price. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest, and China Lake. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California, on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon, on the Central Coast, on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids, on WPRR. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, up in Seattle on KODX, over in Janesville, Wisconsin on WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe, even as the pandemics continue on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from Bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us as we are once again and still your stay-at-home Radio Companion. Yes, things are locking down again, just as we warned they would last week uh, here in California. Governor Newsom, just before we went on air, says that uh, restaurants, bars, gyms, nail salons um, will all be shut down again. Yeah. And as you said, this is exactly as was predicted when the early reopening kept occurring. Of course. Nobody is following the CDC guidelines for reopening. So what kind of magical thinking is this? Hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. Uh, So moments after we got off the air on Friday, Donald Trump announced that he was uh, granting clemency to his longtime friend and campaign aide and decades-long dirty trickster Roger Stone before he could even spend one single day in jail. Stone was convicted uh, by a jury on all seven counts that he was charged with, including lying to Congress, lying to FBI officials, threatening to kill another witness uh, in this case, and his dog. All while federal prosecutors say uh, he was withholding information about WikiLeaks and Russia's alleged interference in the 2016 election. Now, no matter how you may feel about the uh, Russia case and the plethora of Senior Trump officials who have now pleaded guilty and or been convicted by trial in the matter. You can't lie to Congress. You can't lie to federal investigators. And you certainly can't threaten witnesses. The four career prosecutors who successfully obtained Stone's conviction resigned from the case after 
U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr stepped in to try and lower the, their uh, sentencing recommendations for Stone of uh, nine years in prison, according to the federal sentencing guidelines for what he was found guilty of. Stone received just three years in his sentencing after Barr interceded in, in the case. Nonetheless, Trump granted clemency to Stone before he served even one single night because he is uh, Donald Trump's friend and, most importantly, uh, admitted that he, even to this day, has withheld what he knows about Trump's personal knowledge of the Russian interference in the 2016 election. That, less than four months before we are going to hold another presidential election, uh, uh, Roger Stone is a convicted felon, nonetheless, who protected criminal activity by the president of the United States and was thus awarded, awarded for it by the president of the United States with presidential clemency. As our uh, friend Ari Berman of Mother Jones tweeted on Friday after the news came out, uh, quote, Roger Stone got three years in prison for lying to Congress and obstructing justice and witness tampering and has his sentence commuted before serving even one day. Meanwhile, Crystal Mason, a black woman in Texas, got five years for voting while on supervised release when she did not realize she was ineligible to vote and her ballot was not even counted. For that, she got five years in prison. Do you suppose uh, Donald Trump will be issuing a, a presidential pardon or clemency for Crystal Mason down in Texas? For some reason, I have a feeling he won't. Got any thoughts on that or anything else? You can give us a call today at 818-985-5735. I would love to find some time for some open phones today, if possible, even with so much going on. We've been covering a lot on this program over recent days, but haven't had much time to talk with you about it because more and more keeps happening. Uh, whether we can or not today remains to be seen, but I'd love to give it a try, whether it's about the Supreme Court's decision last week that presidents are not above the law and that Trump will have to turn over his financial records to New York state criminal prosecutors, though probably not before the election, as we discussed on Wednesday's broadcast with legal journalist Mark Joseph Stern, or whether it's about Trump and Barr's false claims about counterfeit absentee ballots, as we discussed with Eddie Perez of the Open Source Election Technology Institute on Thursday, or when I've heard, heard from a lot of folks about this, uh, my conversation on Friday on the broadcast with former U.S. Senator Tim Wirth, who is warning about how Trump could lose the Electoral College this year, but use lawful, yes, lawful emergency powers to remain in office anyway. If you missed any of those shows, you can you can, and you should download them from bradblog.com. That free service, of course, made possible by those of you who support us at bradblog.com slash donate. Uh, you may also want to call in to discuss today's breaking news that a federal judge has blocked the administration's attempt to kill prisoners with the death penalty this week for the uh, first time in 17 years. There's some good news, at least for now, for you. Or that the Washington NFL uh, National Football League team has finally announced that it will drop its offensive Redskins name after 87 years. 
with many of those years battling Native Americans who objected to the team's uh, nickname. 818-985-5735 is our number if you want to get in line. But I need to start here again today for the moment. Uh, While you may have heard the uh, widely reported headline uh, already on Sunday, I want to hit the, uh, the latest details here as we've covered this surge in cases and hospitalizations and deaths very closely over the last several weeks as the Trump administration has been uh, sort of full court pressing their blatant lies that the coronavirus is just going away and that it's completely safe now to open businesses and schools. Absolutely none of that is true. You are being lied to by the top federal officials in this country who are allowed to repeat their lies over and again on corporate media because, well, you know, it's the White House after all. And apparently when it's the White House that is lying, the media feel that it's necessary to, I guess, help them spread their dangerous and in this case deadly lies. So we'll start here. Florida on Sunday reported a record 15,000 300 new coronavirus cases by uh, the most by any state on any single day throughout this entire crisis. And it's a bleak sign of the U.S.'s failure to control the pandemic about six months after the first infection surfaced in the country. Six months. And we still have no nationalized testing and contact tracing uh, plans or schemes Uh, as long ago begged for by infectious disease experts. We have shortages of testing kits still around the country. We have shortages of personal protective gear still around the country. And, of course, along with it, we have rising infections, rising hospitalizations, rising death rates, even as the administration is now strong-arming schools. Schools! To put children back into in-person classes beginning next month despite recommendations from the CDC to the contrary. The staggering number of single-day newly reported cases in Florida on Sunday was, according to infectious disease experts cited by The Washington Post, the result of both increased testing and widespread community transmission that is increasing, that is getting worse, and has affected the state's population centers in Florida as well as its rural areas. The 15,300 number shattered previous highs of 11,700 reported by California last week, a state with about twice the population of Florida. And it also shattered the 11,500 reported by New York on April 15 at the peak of that state's epidemic earlier this year. Yes, Florida is blowing them all away. Now, as I noted in somewhat breaking news right before airtime, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom ordered that all bars and indoor restaurant dining and churches and gyms and hair salons be closed once again across the Golden State, at least in the state's hardest hit counties, including here in Los Angeles County and in parts of San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area, two of California's largest school districts at the same time, Los Angeles and San Diego announced today that they will be holding online-only classes uh, beginning in the new term. 
Back to Florida with Florida largely open for business. I don't expect this surge to slow, according, wrote uh, Natalie Dean, an assistant professor of biostatistics at the University of Florida on Twitter on Sunday in response to that record number. The surge in cases came even as Disney World in Orlando reopened on Saturday after having been shuttered for nearly four months. Nationally, the conversation over reopening has become increasingly fraught amid the newly soaring cases, with much of the debate centering on whether schools should open their doors in the fall. On the Sunday morning news shows, Trump administration officials continued to give mixed messages. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos was advocating for schools to reopen at the same time that Admiral Brett Girard, an assistant health and human services secretary, cautioned that it is still too early to do so. Admiral Girard is the administration's top official in charge of testing. Bet you didn't even know we had someone in charge of testing at the federal level. Well, we do. It's Admiral Girard, and even he says that it is too early to force kids back into death trap classrooms as much as all of us might love to see that. Though not nearly as much as the Trump administration and his Republican supporters would like to see that so that they could continue to pretend, despite all of the evidence to the contrary, that things are just fine, thank you, that life is getting back to normal in time, coincidentally, for Election Day, which is just 113 days away. But who is counting? Admiral Girard, uh, the government's coronavirus testing coordinator, contradicted the administration's central message when he was on ABC News this week on Sunday, saying, quote, when we get the virus more under control, then we can really think about how we put children back in the classroom. So I expect the admiral may not have his position for long in this administration at this rate. But thank you, Admiral, for being a rare instance of someone, anyone in this administration saying the truth out loud. Meanwhile, Donald Trump remained out of the public eye on Sunday, spending much of his day at his golf course in Sterling, Virginia, because what else would he have to do over the weekend in the middle of a crushing global pandemic that is surging across the country due in no small part to his own failures and those of his federal government. He made no mention of the coronavirus pandemic in morning tweets, but did retweet people praising his appearance in a face mask on Saturday and defended his golf habit, falsely claiming that he has spent much less time on the links than President Barack Obama. That, of course, you'll be shocked to learn, is a lie. The latest spike in Florida puts the Sunshine State now at the center of the country's faltering pandemic response. And faltering is a very nice way of putting it, Washington Post. It is failed. It is deadly. It is criminal. That might be closer uh, than faltering, but nice of you to put it that way. Situation is also serious here in California, as I said, also in Texas, where officials on Sunday reported record seven-day averages for new cases. 8,664 here in California, 9,060 in Texas, with healthcare workers in both states now facing an influx of COVID patients. For what it's worth, while Texas edged out its new seven-day average uh, over California, California, with its nearly 40 million residents, outpaces Texas's population by more than 10 million. 
And yet Texas had more cases uh, reported uh, in its seven-day average than did California. So the fact that Texas is outpacing California should tell you something about the Lone Star State's horrific failure. Just horrific as their hospitalization rates uh, and and at-capacity ICU systems and death rates are all outpacing California's big time at the moment. Sorry, Desi Doyen. I hope you're in touch with your family back there and telling them to stay inside. Yes, I am. And I am trying to tell them to stay inside. And who knows if they're actually Are they doing listening? it or not. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, what I really would like to underscore, though, is how the Trump administration and Trump himself completely wasted the time that we had in lockdown during the spring. That was supposed to be the time to buy us the time to ramp up manufacturing so that we could be able to reopen manufacturing of tests, manufacturing of personal protective equipment. And now those are both in short supply and the manufacturing has not been updated for that. And it also has apparently uh, not been expanded for a potential vaccine at some point. It takes time to manufacture mass production of a vaccine and also then distribute it. And right now, there are no major federal plans underway to make sure that happens. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi talked a little bit about that. Uh, I've got a clip here I'll get to in a moment uh, where she was saying uh, many of the same things. Uh, the uh, meanwhile, the um, the seven day average for cases nationwide, uh, which is a, a more reliable indicator of the uh, virus's impact than any single day totals, since, you know, as it is, that doesn't mean that many people were infected that day. It just means that that's when their test results came back that way. And in many cases now, we don't have enough rapid tests, as Desi suggests, and they're coming back five to seven days later if we're lucky. So it's very difficult to get a read on where this thing even is. Nonetheless, uh, if you use a seven-day average to sort of smooth things out, well, Uh, That has risen almost 165% over the past month. We were at about 20,500 in the second week of June, uh, and now we're at 54,500 at the end of last week. Even with the number of tests being conducted, either plateauing or even falling in many locations. So this is just surging through the roof. On Friday, new cases hit a record 70,000 across the U.S., again, compared with an average of about 20,000 just one month ago. We continue moving in the wrong direction. The country's daily death toll also increased last week after months of decline. Following the premature opening of states, mostly run by Republican governors who ignored health experts in declaring businesses safe to open because, hey, we got an election coming up and the economy is taking a hit and, of course, killing their own constituents in the bargain, which they think will somehow make them want to vote for them? Really? In the last week alone, Florida alone reported nearly 70,000 new cases the most of any state in the union. And yes, coronavirus-related deaths in the state are also now trending upward. Uh, Once again, as predicted by health experts, if not the state's uh, Trumpy Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, who demanded demanded an apology from media in mid-May after death rates did not increase immediately when he prematurely opened. 
You got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. Well, I guess Ron DeSantis was right in one point. Uh, he said, you know, that, oh, you'll be just like New York. No, it turns out you're worse than New York, Florida. Well done. That was May 20, the uh, governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, uh, demanding an apology. I guess he's not doing that now. Uh, despite those uh, soaring numbers in his state, Governor DeSantis has stuck to his aggressive reopening plan. Nonetheless, state officials recently ordered, they ordered, ordered schools to reopen five days a week in the new academic year, which begins next month in Florida. Despite drawing objections from local leaders and school officials, because as Republicans have spent years telling us, Small government, local officials know their constituents best, right? Well, apparently not in the middle of a pandemic that threatens the Republican president's re-election. In that case, please ignore small government. Please ignore local control. Listen to us big government uh, in Tallahassee. The state is also set incredibly enough to hold the Republican National Convention next month. Prepare for that death trap at uh, Jacksonville's Star Veterans Memorial Arena, an indoor facility which seats about 15,000 people. We'll see how many of them are stupid enough to show up for it. Get your tickets and your ICU reservations right now, Republicans. You're going to need them both, at least the latter. Shortly before Florida announced the record number of new cases on Sunday, Trump's brain-dead education secretary, Betsy DeVos, made the rounds of Sunday news talk shows where she continued to urge schools to fully reopen next month despite all of the dangers. In an interview on CNN's State of the Union, she was uh, asked about surging caseloads in much of the country and what schools should do about them. And she replied that, well, schools could respond to, quote, little flare-ups in the future, but that they should generally be open for full-time learning. Little flare-ups? Really? Here's more of her conversation uh, with CNN's Dana Bash, uh, who's trying to bash some common sense into this twisted education secretary by asking whether schools should follow the CDC guidelines for school reopening, which would make it very difficult right now for most schools to open to in-person learning, but would allow it over time when conditions make it safe. As the Secretary of Education, should schools in the United States follow the CDC recommendations or not? Dr. Redfield has clearly said these are recommendations and every situation is going to look slightly different. And the key for education leaders, they can figure out what is going to be right for their specific situation. That's Middle completely understandable, a, but what I want to know is campus. if the federal government is all on the same page. As the Secretary of Education, should schools It's very much the on the same page. The kids, kids need to get back to school. They need to get back in the classroom. Families need for kids to get back in the classroom. And it can be done safely. Well, there okay, are guidelines me, that are very clear. I want to just time. tell you that I don't know that it's clear because the CDC guidelines uh, let, do lay out steps in which they see a vision for returning to school safely. And I don't hear that coming from you. Well, 
I, I know for a fact that there are many schools that have been working hard to put together their plans for moving ahead. And we want to see every school district, every state doing the same thing to say not okay. what we can't do, but what we're going to do and what we can do. What happens if there is an outbreak? What are experts telling you about the appropriate level of transmission for a school before it has to shut down? Well, I know that that's an area that the CDC is helping to provide further insight into. Um, every school should have plans for that situation for but a short period of time. You're the Secretary of Education. You're asking students to go back. So why do you not have guidance on what a school should do just weeks before you want those schools to reopen on what happens if it faces an outbreak? You know, there's really good examples that have uh, <laughs> been utilized in the private sector. I'm not hearing have, a plan from have the, the Department of Education. Do you have a plan but for, the, for what the, students the and plan, what schools should do? So schools should do what's right on the ground <laughs> at that time for their students uh -huh. and for their situation. Yeah. You are arguing over and over that they should handle this on a local level, but at the same time, as the Secretary of Education, you are trying to, to push them to do a, a one-size-fits-all approach, which is go back and reopen schools. You can't have it both ways. I am urging all schools to be re to open and to be providing their students a full-time education. Jesus, that is the uh, nation's top education official, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, on Sunday, uh, agreeing that everyone must go back to school, everyone must go back to class, according to the federal government. Well, what happens if there's an outbreak? Uh, I don't know. You need to listen to local officials. I guess you only listen to local officials when something goes wrong. But right now, you must listen to big, the big federal government who says, get your ass back to school, kids. And they don't have any plan if there's an outbreak, nope. which she made clear that there has been no plan developed by the CDC or nope. by the Department of Education that says if you have an, op an outbreak locally, here's what the CDC recommends. They're saying, no, look around and see what the private sector's doing near you. Figure it out. Yeah, schools. do something like that. You are on your own. So, no, local officials cannot follow their own recommendations, Ms. DeVos. Uh, schools cannot do what is right for them. They cannot do it in Florida, where all schools have been ordered to open five days a week by the state, no matter what the circumstances are in their own districts. The Trump administration has threatened all schools with the withholding of federal funds, whether they have the legal authority to do that or not. So DeVos, uh, you'll be shocked to learn on that point, was, was just lying that, oh, it's up to local officials. She added on uh, Fox News Sunday that the uh, Trump administration was looking at all the options for pulling federal funding from schools that do not open in the fall. Other than that, it's up to local officials. If you have uh, thoughts on that, do you want your kids to go back to school right now? 818-985-KPFK. 5735. Uh, I shouldn't say, do you want them to go back to school? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's safe for them to go back to school right now? 818-985-5735. Um, she added on uh, Fox News that the uh, Trump administration was uh, looking at all the options, as I noted, to pull federal funding. And uh, her remarks on all of this drew swift criticism from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. 
want to ask for your reaction to uh, the interview that I just had with Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. Given what you just heard briefly, are you confident that students and teachers will go back safely to school in the fall? No, I think what we heard from the secretary was malfeasance uh, and, and, and dereliction of duty. Uh, this is appalling. They're messing. They're messing. The president and his administration are messing with the health of our children. It is we all want our children to go back to school. Teachers do, parents do, and children do. But they must go back safely. And when we hear what the administration is saying, we know that they have no appreciation for the failure that has brought us to this point. Going back to school is, presents the biggest risk for the spread of the coronavirus. They ignore science and they ignore governance in order to uh, make this happen. If there are CDC guidelines, they should be requirements. But most importantly, most importantly, and I hope the Republicans will join us, we have to call upon the President uh, to have the, implement the Defense Production Act so that we can have the PPE, the personal protective equipment, as well as the testing equipment, and the equipment to evaluate the test. It's no use taking a test if it's going to take seven days to find out what, uh, whether you're positive or negative. All of these things are central to controlling this virus and essential to whether our children go back to school safely. That was the uh, U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, so, yeah, here we are, six months at least since the virus emerged, four months into it just ravaging our nation. More than three million infections now in the U.S., more than 137,000 dead Americans over just these past four months. And we are still begging the president of the United States to exercise his executive powers to invoke the Defense Production Act in order to force the production of enough testing kits and personal protective equipment, PPE, to try and battle this scourge. Trump's solution? Well, ignore everything, open everything, including sending our children on a death march to schools next month. And, a, and then a death march back home to infect and kill their parents and grandparents in time to pretend that everything is normal on Election Day, November 3rd. As Washington Post notes, thank you, Trump allies see a political imperative in convincing voters that the nation is recovering from the pandemic, which will be hard if millions of families' uh, lives are still upended by these school closures. Last week, the Kaiser Family Foundation ana uh, uh, analysis estimated that there are one and a half million teachers. That's about one in four. One and a half million teachers who are older than 65 years of age or have health conditions that would put them at higher risk of serious illness if they were to contract COVID-19. But what the hell? Let's throw them in a room with 30 uh, kids. I'm sure those kids are very good when it comes to controlling germs, right? You know, kids, they're always good about washing their hands and staying clean. That, as a nationwide new cases reached record levels in states across the U.S. over the weekend, even as weekly testing has plateaued or come down. Seven-day averages for new cases hit uh, new highs in Alabama, in Florida, in Mississippi, Montana, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Puerto Rico over the weekend. 
Deaths, yes, deaths are trending sharply up in nearly every major region of the country, despite what you are being told by the President of the United States, by the Vice President of the United States, and their various minions around the country. New testing in the meantime, is slowing down. It is not speeding up. It is slowing down nationwide after increasing throughout the spring. Hospitalizations and deaths continue to rise. Despite Trump's repeated claim that the virus will one day just disappear, with his own top official in charge of testing, Admiral Girard, painting a very dim picture of what is to come in the months ahead. He said that the country would need, quote, tens of millions of more tests a month as seasonal respiratory infections return in the fall. But, of course, maybe you feel differently than I do and you'd like to see the schools reopen immediately, or maybe you agree with me. Either way, I would love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. Who's got this one right as you see it? I want to take a break here. We'll come back with some of your calls. I had hoped to get into some. We've got some uh, messes uh, in Texas that don't have anything. Well, they do have something to do with the coronavirus, but they also have something to do with uh, the voting there in Texas, where they're having elections on Tuesday. I'd hope to talk about that uh, and some problems with elections here in Los Angeles that I've been trying to get to now for weeks. But news keeps breaking, don't it? Uh, so we'll see what we get to. I know we'll get to some of your calls right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. And you are listening to The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At The Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Actually, life wasn't that beautiful before the lockdown either. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Well, I had a whole lot I wanted to get to, but uh, I see that a lot of you also want to talk about this. So let's jump into uh, some of your phone calls. We'll see if we get back to elections and so much else in a little bit. Steve in Venice, Venice, California, that is. Hey, Steve, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. Hey, thanks a lot. It's uh, almost a miracle that you guys are here. There's nobody else that's doing what you're doing, uh, as usual. Thank you. And uh, I, I'm listening to this, and I can only just sort of describe a state of madness. Yep. Sending these kids along like that. It's it's like in World War One, sending masses of young people against machine gun fire. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. And I'm wondering, is there any kind of an emergency impeachment act um uh, what what if the president goes mad which to me he has well he's, he's mad is there any way to stop this guy and to 
I know. I hear you, Steve. Uh, yeah, there is an emergency I impeachment. Want... There is an emergency impeachment act. It's called impeachment. We could just impeach yeah, the guy yeah. again. That's perfectly legal. But then you got to get this uh, uh, the uh, uh, Republicans in the Senate to go along with it. Then there is another uh, mechanism that can be used when a president goes mad. It's called the 25th Amendment. And if I believe oh, yeah. it's uh, two-thirds of the president's cabinet decides he's mad, they can take him wow. out of action. The problem is at least two-thirds of the president's cabinet is mad themselves. Exactly. So, exactly. Help. Th- yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's a madhouse. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, Steve. Uh, hang in there, brother. Uh, the emergency uh, impeachment uh, that we have in this country is called our elections at this point, and that's the problem. And that's why we cover so much about elections. And I'd hope to get to it uh, to a clip. I don't know if I'll have time, but uh, my interview with uh, Senator. Uh, uh, Tim Worth, former Senator Tim Worth uh, from Colorado last frightening, uh, was absolutely chilling because he paints a perfectly plausible scenario of how Donald Trump can invoke emergency presidential powers that have been granted to him by Congress decades ago, beginning with the Eisenhower administration, that are still in place that he could use to shut down the counting in enough swing states in order to win the Electoral College perfectly legally, even though he actually lost the Electoral College. I'm not even talking about the popular vote. I'm talking about the Electoral College. He can stop those votes from being counted. He may need some help from the uh, Supreme Court, his stolen U.S. Supreme Court, uh, and his uh, sycophants in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives to pull off this scheme, but it is perfectly plausible. Senator Worth wrote about it in Newsweek recently. Uh, you can download that interview at bradblog.com. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, and I really would like to hear from folks, because I know I hear from you via email. So give me a call, 818-985-KPFK, callers who disagree with what I am saying. I'd love to know why, because so far all the callers on the board here seem to agree that, yes, this is madness. Simon in Gardena, welcome to the broadcast, Simon. Yeah, hello, Brad. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. What's up? I I think we're all birds of a feather here, but um, my thought on Trump, the man with no plan, Mm -hmm. his usual favorite thing of a first idea is to mess with people who don't support him. And I think that's his first thought to opening schools. Mm-hmm. Let's see if this doesn't help me to throw chaos in America's family. And you know what? I don't think his his the people that support him, I don't think support opening schools either. I mean... They don't be smart enough to know that for themselves, I think. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Simon. I appreciate the call, Simon. Having a little hard, uh, difficult time hearing uh, him there. Eight one eight nine eight five KPFK. Mauricio. Oh, he's saying something that I have now been saying for weeks. You suggest, uh, Mauricio, in San Pedro, that Trump is conducting a genocide at this point. Yeah, that's hi, Brad. Thanks for your program. And uh, how many people need to die to be considered this a genocide? Yeah, because I don't know. Sounds like he's deliberately he's lying and uh, not taking action over this pandemic and mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, just the question: how, how officially, how many people need to die to be considered as a genocide? You know, thank it's, you. it's uh, thank you, Mar- Mauricio. A uh, great question, and it's kind of a point that I've been making. That this is not just, uh, oh, a bad president, a failed presidency. At this point, I would argue what he is doing is criminal. Is criminal, and yes, in fact, is a genocide. I've been using the word mass murder. But I really do think at some point uh, this man and his administration need to be put on trial for mass murder, for genocide, whatever you want to call it. Um, Because that's what this is at this point. When they know... When they have admitted, uh, I believe it was uh, Dr. Burks, if I'm not mistaken, a member of his task force who said, well, if we reopen schools, we, uh, it may increase the death rate, but, but not by a lot, by uh, 0.02%. Yes, she uh, considered that to be an acceptable death rate. The and, mass death is acceptable because it's within, you know, these parameters that we feel are acceptable. And, so. and do you remember what the number was, what 0.02% uh, equals? It's, it's something like another fifteen or 20,000 deaths. But, you know, we got to get the schools open. So we lose another 15 or 20,000 children, school teachers, their parents and grandparents. We got an economy to run and an election to win. Our friend uh, Morris in Long Beach is here. Hey, Mo, how are you, brother? You staying healthy there? Yeah, I'm staying with you. How you doing, Brad? Um, I'm hanging in there. What's up, brother? I just, want, I just want you to know that Donald Trump is an enemy of the state. Now, y'all got to resonate on this for a minute. Uh, if you went to war with the United States, you can't come at us with no, no planes and bombs because we'll blow you out the sky. <laughs> but uh, if you put a guy in the White House like Donald Trump, you could uh, decimate our rule of law. Right? You could decimate our rule of law. You could disrupt our economy. And America is first, first in, in, in infection, first in death. And I'm going to tell you something, sending kids to school is suicide. My daughter ain't going back to school, and she go to a good school. We put these kids back to school, but we got to give them the protective equipment. And we ain't got the money for that, but we do got a $2 trillion tax credit we can get the rich, right, Ron? We don't invest in our kids. All we do is come up with platitudes. Stuff that sound good, but ain't got no substance, all right? And I'm going to tell you another thing that's kind of stupid. Why would the NBA go down to Florida and open up a league, all right, when they can go over to South Korea, they got the, 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 the uh, virus under control? That doesn't make no sense. Thank you, Brad. None of the thank you, Mo. Nothing. None of this makes sense. And uh, no, not only do we not have, not only are we not equipping them with the proper equipment, with the uh, proper protective gear to be able to attend school, and you know, plexiglass between their desks and everything. The problem is, as I saw one teacher we uh, talked about last week on the show down in Tampa Bay, she says she's got 22 students in her uh, classroom. That even if she tried to uh, put them, you know, six feet apart from each other, there is not enough room in the classroom. It cannot be done. It cannot be done. Alice in Van Nuys. Hey, Alice, welcome to the broadcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm kind of sort of um, making it, you know, passing by on $783 a month plus food stamps. But, okay, at any rate, I'd like to say we can't solve any problem unless we actually uh, recognize and acknowledge the actual problem, that it is the poor, and that this has nothing to do with anything, but we're all, poor has no color. And if we want to solve that problem, we have to be inclusive because we have to solve it together. And I'd like to add an add addendum. Anybody out there who really wants a master's in education to tutor their children, I'm available. 
but you do have to pay me because I need the money. <laughs> well, thank you, Alice. I, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, problem is not only is it a problem for the poor, uh, we're making a whole bunch of new poor people. Don't worry. Remember the old Doritos commercial? Don't worry. We'll make more. Well, we're making more. Uh, the uh, news in uh, just before airtime here, about 5.4 million Americans have lost health insurance in the pandemic. According to The New York Times, more than have ever lost coverage through job losses in any single year. According to an analysis they are reporting, haven't gotten to read it yet, but that's uh, that's the headline. Five and a half million Americans who've lost health insurance over the past four months at the same time during that past four months. I think it was just last week or the week before the Trump administration filed a brief with the Supreme Court explaining why the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare should be struck down in full immediately. The Affordable Care Act which uh, since it was implemented under uh, Barack Obama, whether you like it or not, whether you think that we should have a single-payer system instead, and I do, um, it has resulted in more than 20 million Americans receiving health care insurance who could not get it before. 20 million Americans. Now, 5.5 million have lost that insurance over the past few months, but, but we're talking about more than 20 million who would lose their coverage in the middle of a global pandemic if the Donald Trump administration got its way, even as the Donald Trump administration is helping to kill tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of Americans. I think the caller who uh, first caller we had here who said this is madness. Boy, uh, was he right on the money. Let's go to uh, Carl in Costa Mesa. Hey, Carl, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Uh, I'll try to make the point really fast. But, um, you know, it, it, Trump, 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 we hear this. Well, what about all his enablers? Somebody pointed out the, uh, the Senate uh, keeping him in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but each and every one of them uh, has got to, uh, it's almost like... Uh, He's just a big symptom of the disease. They're the true pathogen. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask each and every one of them, to what ends? Yeah. No. Gentlemen, to great. what ends? Anyway, I'll take the rest of it off air. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carl. Uh, great call. Great point. Uh, it is not just Donald Trump. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so proud. Frankly, I'm so proud to see. I don't know if you've seen these videos put out by the Lincoln Project. And there are a whole bunch of uh, Republican, frankly, wingnuts uh, who for years have been supporters of George W. Bush, who, by the way, was not much better than Donald Trump. Let's stop making George W. Bush a goddamn hero because he was not. But these are supporters of uh, George W. Bush, and they are out there fighting like hell. If you haven't seen their videos, they are fantastic. They are going straight at Donald Trump, uh, getting into his head. And we're built, we're talking about guy, uh, 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 George, um, what's his name? Bill Frum, uh, Bill Crystal. I'm sorry, David from Bill Crystal, George Conway, who is married to Kellyanne Conway. That's who makes up uh, the Project Lincoln. And they're going straight after Donald Trump, but they are also going after all of his enablers in the Senate, all of them. 
They are actually fighting. Guys like David Frum and Bill Kristol are actually fighting for a Democratic takeover of the U.S. Senate because they correctly note it has gotten that bad and that dangerous. Let me take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, more of your calls. Apparently this has touched a nerve. Boy, if you think this has, imagine had I brought up elections. (laughs) I didn't even go there. 818-985-5735. Too many disasters, not enough time. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Back to the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Those are the artists formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, now just known as the Chicks. Uh, We're all an army of one at this point. We are an army of one in this together, each and every one of us. Glad you're here with us. Um, Very quickly, I'll have to get back to part of this uh, concerning Los Angeles in a while, but as uh, Texas... Uh, What is it? Texas, Maine and Alabama, I think, are holding elections on Tuesday. Uh, I want to note that uh, in Texas, uh, absentee ballots are being returned to voters after they're filling them out and sending them in. They're just coming right back with no explanation, coming back to the voters with no markings, no nothing. We don't know what's going on. This is in Dallas County, Texas. Uh, So in Dallas, the uh, uh, election administrator there says she's aware of the concerns. Her office is investigating, but they have no idea why, which is just one of the many reasons that uh, make me so concerned about vote by mail in any year, even if it's necessary right now during a pandemic. But it's also necessary to make sure that we have polling places that are set up properly if there's any problem with those uh, vote by mail ballots. Uh, unfortunately, we can't get into those details right now, I hate to say. Uh, let me go to uh, oh, our good friend Roger in Minneapolis. Hey, Roger, how are you, brother? Surviving. Good. That's it. That's all we can ask at this point. Keep surviving. You got 113 days to survive until the election. Then we got about another, I don't know, 70 days or something after that until the inauguration. If we can all survive till January 21, this will have been a huge victory. I'll take it. So keep surviving, Roger. What's on your mind this week, brother? Well, as has been been amply clear some time, but it's really, really becoming clear now. Um, the malevolence of this government towards the population of this country and the world 
is becoming extremely well exposed. And it's really quite tragic. You know, the five stages of um, coming to grips with the passing of life, the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross process. Um, I feel a little bit like that when um, going through the experience of seeing some hope and then having it crushed, seeing some more hope and having it crushed. We're, we, the, the, the process of kind of resurgent tragedy um, is part of the mass insanity that we're mm, dealing with right yeah, now. Yeah, no, it, it, it is, and yet... It is what we are dealing with. It is what we have to wake up to every day and deal with, what I have to deal with every day coming on and, and, and talking on this show. We've got to keep on. We've got to press forward. We've got to stay positive. We've got to stay healthy. Uh, and we've got to help each other to get out of this mess. I believe that we can do it, but I do not believe it is going to be easy uh, at all because we have let this fester for so long. Our media has been so awful for so long. Our political parties, both of them, have been terrible for so long. And I don't want to both sides this uh, because the Republican Party has been far worse, far worse, far more deadly for far longer far more off the rails that that's evil the democrats are cowards uh and you know they're scared frankly uh but that's a far cry difference uh, different than uh, than the evil that i see uh, but uh, it, this has gone on for far too long and we've got to do something about it roger Brad, have you noticed that the, that the media is trying to set up a horse race scenario under these circumstances with regard to the election, it's the most disgusting thing imaginable. Well, uh, we do run horse races in this country, uh, but we'll we'll keep pushing sure. back, Roger. I appreciate it. Let me jump here because I want to get a few more calls in. Good to hear from you. Stay stay well. Keep surviving up there. Uh, let me see if I can get as many of these as possible. Uh, Christopher, welcome to the broadcast, sir. In Los yeah, Angeles, yeah, what's man. up? Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to follow up on that genocide uh, theme. You know, Betsy DeVos just came out with that statement that she said there's no data to suggest that putting kids back in school in the fall is in any way dangerous to them. And I've gotten to the point where now I think what is the most diabolical um, uh, goal for the administration, and then I work backwards. And I, and I thought to myself, who goes to public schools? People that go to public schools are either the poor or the middle class or lower middle class and mainly minorities. Mm -hmm. Private school, on, on balance, is more of the rich kids. Mm. Those rich kids aren't going back to school. Mm, but yeah. They want to force the minorities and the poor to go back to school. And in my opinion, that, that's like a, it's, it's a death. It's a death trap that they're going to send those kids and the kids will get sick, they'll bring it home to their parents, yep. and then they'll bring it home to their parents. Yep. And one more, one more thing about ACCA, Brad. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Affordable Care our Act. Health system, our, our health system is immoral, and the reason it is immoral is because the health insurance companies, the more they deny care to us, preventative mm -hmm. and life-saving care, the greater profits they make. And that is an immoral unjustifiable system 
that cannot be defended in any manner. That has to change. Well, I actually can defend it. Here's how I will defend it. When this uh, 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 pandemic, when this global pandemic is beyond, behind us or when we have stood up a system to replace the one that we have, then we can replace the Affordable Care Act. But the notion that we should just strike it down and send 20 million more Americans into the street without health coverage uh, during a global pandemic, I believe is madness. But I think I uh, appreciate your, uh, the, the point that you're generally trying to make, sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that call. Uh, do we have time for a few more? 818-985-5735. Uh, let me get to uh, Maria real quick. Hey, Maria in Long Beach. Welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you. Um, uh, I'd like to ask a question that I've heard lately a couple of rumors that it's a possibility that Trump may not run again. Have you heard that, and what do you think? I've heard people talking about uh, that. Oh, he's going to drop out because he can't stand the idea of losing. Uh, you know, it could happen. Who knows? I don't think it's worth much time trying to figure out, trying to guess. I think the more important thing is, uh, A, figure out how to defeat him, and B, uh, figure out how to prevent him from stealing the election, legally stealing it or otherwise. Uh, it would be I would be delighted if if you were right and that came to pass, uh, Maria. But uh, I I see no reason to waste even a second on the scenario, frankly. Okay, I'm with you. Good. All right. Thanks, Maria. Yeah. You bet. I appreciate the call. Uh, Let me see if I can sneak in one or two more. Clark, well, maybe one more. Clark in Venice. Hey, Clark, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, Brad. Uh, My comment is that the population that the virus is most virulent in are the elderly and people of color. And Trump, uh, until he started wearing a mask, it was uh, suiting his desires and ambition uh, just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh, yes, sending the kids back to public school, uh, most affected by the people who are working for a living, um, uh, is, is a form of genocide. And, and I would appreciate your comments and uh, what should we do. All I have to say, Clark, is I agree. I think it is a form of genocide. I think the man needs to be tried for mass murder, for genocide. Uh, Take your pick at this point. What we should do is vote, and we should fight like hell to make sure everyone we know uh, votes and that their votes get counted, counted accurately in a way that we can all know they've been counted accurately. We will be focusing on that every day, five days a week, right here on the broadcast between now and November 3rd and probably beyond. i got to get out. My thanks to all the callers and my apologies to those that I couldn't get to. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our board operator today, Kiana Williams, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. I'm sure I'll hear from the people who disagree with me there because they don't call here. Maybe next time. <sighs> That's it. I'm Brad Friedman. Until we meet again tomorrow, I hope. Good luck, world.